Welcome back everyone. This is Peter Pham. Hope you're doing well and you're safe. I decided to come back after this long absence to discuss about so many things that are happening in the market. To be honest with you, for most of this year, I've primarily been focused on trading, applying many of the things that I've discussed about with you for the longest period of time. As you know, I've spent probably the last maybe 20 years being obsessed with capital markets and trading and finding opportunities that exist. And right now is a historic time in capital markets, in the economy, and in the whole entire world. And therefore, I felt like as part of new paradigms in terms of business models, which imply working in isolation and streamlining, I felt like this was an opportunity to challenge oneself, to be able to communicate with an audience at scale and at efficiency as quickly and as effectively as possible without relying on any form of value chain disruption, like what we're seeing in the whole entire economy. And therefore, I wanted to be able to immediately communicate to everyone all these things that I'm seeing and why I have been able to basically capture the top, the bottom, and everything in between for that has happened throughout most of this year and discuss about the positions that I've taken last year that were a precursor to everything that has happened right now, such as discussing with investors about the validity of content as an asset class. Well, now what are we doing? We are streaming more than ever. And I think that that is a statement and a testament towards how you looked at risk and identified risks at that time and thought about opportunities, particularly heading into what many might call a black swan. But for me in Asia, I would say that it was a very predictable event. And therefore, through a sense of uber paranoia, I called for a collapse in the entire global economy during the month of February prior to anyone else in the entire financial service space uh, was willing to do. I have records of being able to call for a 0% GDP growth as far as China is concerned. I've also was able to capture investments into companies like Gilead, uh, realize the the validity of the content idea more so than ever through an, an uptick in terms of streaming, but then thinking about how that would apply to capital markets and being able to build up positions into Netflix irrespective of earnings, which are coming out. Uh, this is basically uh, in the week of the earnings. So we're going to see how that works out. I've already built the position to capture most of the capital gain with an average price about 365. I got basically uh, calls or puts that you could have at 445, 
irrespective of how this comes out in terms of earnings, if it's a beat or if it's below expectations, I'm fine with that. I have the position and I'm willing to let that ride for the duration of the foreseeable future. So hopefully I'll be able to discuss with you more on that as well. And one other thing that's highly important is that I feel like I've been one of the only people to ever communicate about the fact that Boeing was the most important stock during the basically sort of the revision on the correction that has happened a few weeks ago. So that stock effectively went up like 80-90%. We caught all of that. I have a Twitter feed. You can follow me at AlphaVN and we call that right there for you understanding the significance of Boeing, and I'll share that to the audience going forward as well. One thing I wanted to discuss about was the fact that with the collapse of the price of oil, which is obviously capturing all the headlines, I wanted to address that for a little bit and discuss about why it is so complicated for many investors to understand about the price of oil and find out the best way to capture that. In late March, I've also came up with this idea that I would basically go long and short oil effectively at the same time. And many people didn't understand that, but obviously that's proprietary information. But now that things have developed the way that I've sort of envisioned, I, I want to discuss about that. And that's what you'll see in this piece right here which is basically the, the effect of time and how it works towards pulling price down in, in a dramatically rapid, or what I would use probably a different word, would be an elongated extent, uh, basically going to minus $37 on the close as of um, yesterday. And how it's having an effect towards future contract prices and therefore obviously affecting the composition within uh, the, the retail ETF space. This is going to be a very interesting time where you have this amazing sample set in which demand has been cut down effectively to zero and as a result supply is responding in various nuances that are extremely interesting, such as watching how Saudi Arabia is having this oil trade war effectively with, with the Russians and, and understanding what the background behind that. And I'll discuss probably more about that in the future as well. But I just wanted to leave the point by saying that in financial services, we understand about time in the sciences, they discuss about a lot about time. And I think that when we're thinking about a situation in which demand drops down to zero, and then the question is, how long will it drop down to zero? And the implications that it will have on the future price of a commodity that is traded at different prices uh, for four-month contracts, and how as you roll over those contracts, how that, that price is then sucked in by the vortex is extremely interesting to watch. 
and, and creates many different opportunities to the student investor. And probably I'll, I'll elaborate more on that going forward in the future as well. But, but I'll, le I'll leave off on something. Is that clearly what we are seeing is massive deflationary pressure. And many people are highlighting the fact that even things like precious metals are doing fantastic and how gold is doing amazing. No doubt. And as you know, if you've been watching or listening to some of the things I had to say previously, I've been long silver for like the longest period of time. But I think that that position in the year, say 2019-2018, means more to me as an investor. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean that wherever you want to put uh, precious metals on the risk curve, obviously it's relatively low risk as far as how creditors would look at it. It's effectively you know, a pretty good asset that you could have. There, there seems to be a sweet spot that one could clearly identify to outperform. And, and I think that that's where most of the gains could happen. It, it could be basically, uh, you know, respectable corporate debts could potentially outperform uh, gold. Or again, it could be some, some idea that, that suits this, this economy that divides essential and non-essential. So, so we'll, we'll discuss some more about that going forward into the future. I'm going to try to release more content at a, at a much more accelerated rate to address many of the issues, but I just wanted to use this opportunity to uh, reinstate the fact that I, I, I intend to trade a majority of the events that are happening in this market, and I really appreciate your uh, listening into what I have to say, and if I can be of assistance, please let me know. Thank you.